0: What the National AgriFutures Rural Women's Award process has done has enabled me to broaden my networks, has enabled me to tell my story to groups of people that I would most likely not get the chance to.
1: hello and welcome to a really special episode of life on the land a Grazy her podcast telling stories of women living in rural and regional australia i'm sky manson i'm your host for this episode and today the hugest congratulations to the agri futures rural women's award national winner Yaru Bunuba woman Cara Peak from Broome in Western Australia. This AgriFutures Rural Women's Award ceremony was beamed virtually into the homes, tractors and I even saw some people in the paddocks of around 600 Australians via video links that connected MCs in states and territories all over our nation. It was a huge technical feat and very well done. And we're so pleased to be able to catch up with Kara Peak for this special episode of Life on the Land. These awards are all about grit, determination and courage. And this is 100% Kara. She is tough and she's determined. And I so clearly remember when we interviewed her earlier in the year, her bold doggedness to give opportunity to her people in a way that is right for them culturally on our terms is what I remember her saying. Her project is Saltwater Country, giving Aboriginal people and at-risk youth an alternative way of being involved in life, learning their life skills on country and becoming re-engaged in the world around them. Kara, so great to chat with you and congratulations. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. How did you feel when when you got announced? And and maybe how were you feeling beforehand? Were you really hoping that it would be you but not sure or what, did you think you didn't have a chance? I oh, don't know. I've always got a chance. Um, I, I, I suppose
0: I was a little bit nervous, but I knew that I had done all I could do prior, you know, to that moment. So I just wanted to try and sit back and be present and enjoy the experience alongside my other finalists. And, you know, if I was lucky enough, which thankfully I was, you know, to be awarded the national winner, then, you know, to revel in the moment with the people that have supported me in doing that, including my mum and my sister who were there, and a couple of good friends that were there, one of which, Steph Coombs, who's a rural photographer, actually awarded them. So surprising, um, a bit overwhelming, um, the reaction was pretty epic in the room, which was fantastic. Uh, but yeah, it was good all around.
1: What did you say in your expect in your acceptance speech?
0: Well, in my acceptance speech, I acknowledge the women before me, the women that are with me, and the women that follow me, and the importance of that work, the big shoulders that I stand upon. And i created a you know a call to action for the people that should be there with us and should be supporting us, in particular elevating uh, women in rural, remote and regional communities and even more so Indigenous women. Because we've proven our resilience and our strength, our capability and our intelligence, so people need to get on board with that and support our successes.
1: I was scribbling away during your acceptance speech. There was a few great quotes and one was that you think that... um, rural women are, are highly, highly valuable but constantly under-recognised. Was that the words? Um, yeah, I, th- I think it was.
0: Um, it was uh, it definitely highly valuable but consistently underrated. I uh, would think that women are not strong and that rural women are not strong. But the uh, barriers, the challenges and the historical and present-day experience of Indigenous women in particular on top of that, any of those women existing in remote rural and regional communities, the strength that is required to not just survive but to thrive is immeasurable and um, it is something that should be revered and it is something that also should be supported because even the strong ones need support um, and in triple R communities we don't often get that.
1: So tell me a little bit about, you mentioned the women whose shoulders you stand on. And we have chatted with you before for Life on the Land, but I could listen to that story of your uh, history of your grandmothers and your grandmother's grandma for um, over and over again. So can you share it with us again? Um, so I come from a long line of
0: strong women uh, throughout my family and throughout my community, specifically my mother, who uh, Barbara, who is a nurse. And her mother, Margaret Mary Dolby, or Gajabak is her bush name, uh, who raised nine amazing children in the toughest of times. But beyond that also is her grandmother, Lucy Dolby, who walked on foot from from Fitzroy Crossing to Beagle Bay to follow her daughter, Filipina, who had been taken away from her under the White Australia policy. And it just speaks to the bond of mother and child. It it speaks to the strength and resilience that, you know, I come from and that I hope to do proud going forward. So, yeah, it's surrounded by strong women and they're pretty big shoes to fill, Um, but I hope I'm doing an all right job.
1: And so... We know a little bit about your project Saltwater Country, but by way of becoming the oh, national God. winner, what will you how will you be able to grow it even more?
0: Well, I think becoming the National Agri-Futures Rural Woman of the year for 2020 will give me the platform and the networks uh, that I've been aspiring to but that are quite difficult to get, as well as the recognition nationally of the value of the work that I'm doing or that we are doing because it's by no means just me and the Water Academy out there that want Us there, we don't operate in communities that don't want or need us, and then hopefully to take it on the road around um, rural, remote and regional communities across Australia. Uh, We have a pretty good uh, following nationally and also internationally, so I hope to share our our narrative, share our story both domestically and internationally and then create, you know, shared knowledge and cultural exchanges through that as well, as well as uh, employment and training opportunities for our people.
1: That's so great. So when you say to take it on the road, do you mean um, just to educate people about what you're doing or actually go to other communities and try and do um, similar things like your rodeo programs? And maybe you could explain a bit about that too.
0: Yeah, no, I mean physically buy a prime mover and load it up and drive it around the country you know, whether it be schools or communities or community groups or um, other rodeo organisations that may have an event already but they don't do the training and development. I'm not interested in competing with existing entities but what I am interested in is value-adding for the benefit of the first Australians. So um, in part of that, so with Saltwater Academy, we do writing clinics, uh, we do uh, business financial literacy training in partnership with Deloitte. We um, run Saltwater Stories, which is a creative, creative industries program that includes film, photography, sculpture, et cetera, where, where people learn how to do those things. We can employ them then to do those things at our event, but they're also transferable skills. So the intent is to roll that type of knowledge sharing and education and opportunity across triple R communities.
1: And do you do those training things um- sort of backing on to events like the rodeo or just separately in their own right?
0: Uh, we do both. So we run uh, workshops throughout the year um, separate to our main event. And then we also provide training and employment opportunities at the main event, which is um, the, well, in Western Australia is the long weekend in September. So um They can exist independent of each other but also work quite well when you are creating live event work experience and paid uh, work experience uh, whilst building on the skills that people have uh, been taught in the interim.
1: So paint me a picture. I'm at the gate to one of your events. What do I see? What do I hear? Who's working there? What's the atmosphere like?
0: So the atmosphere when you come into Rhythm and Ride, which is our large-scale event, is one of anticipation that builds into electricity and that then feeds into a sense of accomplishment and a desire to do it all again. Uh, You're surrounded by people, like-minded people, people that come from a position of integrity, honesty and kindness because they're our core values at our organisation and people that are there to connect. So, there's sure, there's horses riding around, there's kids laughing, there's old people like our elders laughing at the competitors from their family that have fallen off yet another horse or bull. Um, there's a solid soundtrack of, at this stage, local in that we book for the event. And there's just a carefree nature about people who recognized as that they want this event, they need this event, they support this event, they could choose to walk with their feet if they wanted to. But year in year they turn up, they take part, you know, they buy that ticket and in doing so they show support for what we're doing and that in itself, is um, is electric and, you know, hope is a very dangerous thing and I think that, um, that our event, in fact, one of the uh, riders this year when we were packing up told me that rhythm and ride gives him hope mm-hmm. and um, he was having a really hard time at, at that moment and uh, it was something, it was the space where he knew that if he turned up and he did his best, he would get a fair shake if he fell off, but if he rode well, he would be scored well and he had the potential to win. And he was telling me this when he was wearing one of our buckles from a previous event where he'd actually won. And um, for him, you know, he doesn't say a lot normally, but for him to articulate that rhythm and ride and what saltwater country does brings our community hope, you know, that solidifies in me that we're doing the right thing.
1: What has the Rural Women's Award given you in terms of um, confidence to and conviction to keep going with this project and to spread the word even wider?
0: Well, you know, as you might have guessed, I'm not an easily intimidated person as it is. So, um, you know, I have the confidence and, you know, the courage and conviction to do the work that I'm doing and why I'm doing it. But what the National you know, AgriFutures Rural Women's Award process has done has um, enabled me to broaden my networks, has enabled me to tell my story to groups of people that I would most likely not get the chance to, and has also... I suppose, bolstered my confidence in a little bit in terms of talking to people in agribusiness because I traditionally, like I'm a lawyer by profession, so I'm not a farmer. um, I'm not a producer in that way, but I do have an opportunity that can help them also solve some issues in terms of either attracting people to the bush or upskilling people that are already there um, or... Um, you know, basically bolstering or supporting their industry. So I think uh, the awards has, you know, kind of increased my capability to articulate what I want to do, but also to meet the needs of agribusiness more broadly. And that's been great. And also just learning about all the different, you know, the work, the industry, but also in particular, the work of my fellow finalists is, you know, so inspiring. And it just shows the, you know, powerhouse women that exist out there, um, you know, of which, you know, I am one, but there are many more.
1: So how did it actually come to be? Did, did you, have you been working towards this point and working towards putting an application in for the award for a while? Or did someone tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, I think you should do this? No, a
0: friend of mine who is a rural photographer Stephanie Coombs, she was helping out with the event that we run and uh, she'd actually previously convinced me to run for the Churchill Fellowship, which I was awarded. And then she um, tapped me on the shoulder and said, you should apply for this. I think the work that you're doing with Saltwater Country would really resonate and, you know, it should be celebrated. So, uh and she kept hassling me until I put the application in until I confirmed you know with the screenshot that I'd press send um you know and you need like I need people like that that'll you know keep me on the ball so she did that and it, what was amazing was that she was actually in the room today when I won it and so it's come full circle so she's going to try and go for a hat trick and see if there's anything else out there but um But for Steph Coons, I would not have put it in. And so I'm extremely grateful for that.
1: Has there been a friendship born out of that kind of pushing you on and pushing you in different directions and new challenges between you and Steph?
0: I think so. I mean, we we actually started out because she'd heard what we were doing. She was doing work in Kimberley and she wanted to, uh, she's worked in like with the pro bull riders in the US and different things. And she wanted to bring over Anthony Thomas, who's a champion bronc rider who actually grew up in Derby, which is two hours away from where I live, um, but he currently lives in Texas. So she wanted to bring him across and I said, yeah, that's great, but we're bringing over um, three-time world champion Adriano Marías from Brazil first. And she's like, what? Okay. And so she jumped on board with that and um, and that went really well and she really helped with, um, you know, making sure that Adriano was looked after and had a great experience as did the community and she took some amazing shots but also then the intent was to bring Anthony Thomas over the following year, but then COVID got in the way. So, um, but he now, he follows us on Insta and and different things. So uh, the moment that we can get him across, uh, you know, we will, and no doubt um, Steph will be there um, to help us out with that. And so I think that just surrounding myself with Steph and other people that are, you know, amazing, driven women that uh, want to give back to community. I mean, you're always going to be pushed to perform.
1: Did you get to have your event this September?
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah. We, um, we, held, we held the event. We've held our event in both COVID years, um, in 2020 and in 2021, um, the beauty of that is because we're a grassroots run event, so we can run it regardless of whether the borders are open or not. Mm. Um, so it would only be if our community was in hard lockdown, obviously, then we couldn't. But all of our contractors, our competitors, um, our entertainers, whomever it might be, can be locally sourced from majority, actually, from the Kimberley and with a few coming up from down south. So, and we had last year, we had our biggest crowd ever. And and this year, I think like we matched that um, or it might've actually tipped it over a little bit.
1: And how was it feeling this year, knowing that you've got, you know, you're building your networks, everybody's learning more about it. It's gaining more traction.
0: Uh, It's it's pretty good, actually. Like um, our community... Most importantly, is taking ownership of the event, of the programs that we do, um, and of what we're trying to achieve. And by me receiving this recognition, it provides them with recognition because they're the ones that show up every day and do the work. They're the ones that support us. Um, And I think it's only going to get stronger from there. And you can feel the change in the crowd, in the competitors, in our little students. They understand the potential of this and they're now willing to take the chance.
1: Back to the application process, could you give, just for anyone who might be listening to this who is interested in one day pursuing this, um, is it arduous? What's, What's it like actually applying and going through the process?
0: No, it's not a difficult process. I had it very clear in my mind. You know what saltwater academy and by extension saltwater country was about and so for me i was able to articulate why i wanted to do it why it mattered what problem it was going to solve and how i was going to accomplish that and that's probably key is to understand the journey and if you can explain it to a four-year-old to anybody, so I practice on my niece, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, who loves it all, and um, just to make sure that it's simple enough that if people aren't in your industry, they don't have your lived experience. How are they going to connect with it? And so the form itself is not um, is not too hard, but um, and it's not too long either. It didn't actually take that long to fill out. Um, but you know, people need to back themselves, put their hat in the ring, and you know, if you don't get through the first time, just try again the next year.
1: How has your idea or your project changed since you first applied?
0: Uh, It hasn't, I would say. My idea hasn't changed since I first applied. I think that the main, uh, I suppose, difference is I walked into the room knowing that I could make the project happen and I knew the opportunity that stood before me. So the key things that I've been able to achieve through this outside of the networking, um, et cetera, is the business plan and the financial modelling tool that um, I was able to develop. And um, that has then empowered me to do the next step, which is the impact measurement system. So the project is on track. Um, If anything, it confirmed the um, the intent and the relevance of the project. But what has changed, I think, would be, uh, especially after today, um, my understanding how other people outside of my community believe in the project and believe in the work and also understand its relevance.
1: So for you, what has been the, the biggest takeaway? Has it been the financial backing or just the new new network or the leadership training?
0: I mean, the, I'm never going to say no to financial backing. I mean, that's, that's always greatly beneficial. But um, I think uh, the biggest takeaway or no doubt the biggest takeaway that will unfold in the coming months is the ability to activate the networks. So the networks have always been there, but whether I've been able to get my foot in the door is a whole other thing. So um, I think that this will enable me to do that, that those doors will open and I will in turn take others on the journey. So for me, that would be the biggest takeaway. Um, And also the other thing is the length that people are willing to go to to help you. So the the team at Deeper in Perth, like Department of Primary Industries and Regional Development, and also the AgriFutures team um, based out of Wagga. They have, you know, had to deal with quite a few COVID curveballs and, you know, is something going to go ahead? Is it not going to go ahead? And ability to communicate clearly, to be quite supportive and to roll with it has been a huge takeaway for me um, in regards to the assistance that is actually out there and, um, you know, that you're never doing these things by yourself, even though you might need a reminder occasionally. <laughs>
1: There is a huge leadership component to the award. Once you become a state finalist, um, what are your aspirations there? Do you hope to take the, your own leadership journey even further?
0: Uh, well, my leadership journey to date has been reasonable. I've um, been a board member a numerous times. I've built things and grown things in my community. And um, I'm not sure what the leadership journey actually holds going forward. Plenty of people keep asking me to do things, um, but I have to wait and see, uh, you know, make sure that the things that I've already promised to do happen as they should, and then I can take up further opportunities, you know, as and when they arise. Um, In terms of aspiration, uh, I'm, I'm actually just really looking forward to leading saltwater country into financial sustainability and delivery across the nation. Similarly, in the Cultural Intelligence Project, which is my company that I co-founded, making sure that that also does that. And in doing so, standing up for our community, making sure that we've got the voice and, and that we're able to achieve what we want. And for me, leadership is actually more about listening to what people need and helping them to do that rather than seeking a platform for myself.
1: What have you done, Cara, personally to make sure that you, in, that you get the most from this process and opportunity and platform? Um,
0: well, I'm not shy.
1: So I tend to knock on a
0: lot of doors, ask for help when I, when I need it, um, ask for feedback, And um, just take advantage if somebody says that they want to help you, then, you know, hearing them out and making sure that I follow up with those people because we can all just get so lost in our schedules and, you know, the daily grind that um, I try and make sure that I, I take the time and do what I say that I'm going to do. And through this process, uh, probably one of the biggest things has been uh, the media opportunities and speaking to people such as yourself and uh, making sure that I take advantage of that, because that will be fleeting, I'm well aware, Um, and so... It's important to recognise the importance of this award, recognise the importance of this opportunity and the work that the community has put into getting me to this point um, and showing gratitude for that as well.
1: And just finally, Cara, I know that your niece is such a huge inspiration for you and all that you do. Have you had the chance to chat with her yet?
0: No, I haven't. She's at school.
1: (laughs) So, um, I'm
0: sure I did get a big hug from her this morning um, and she approved of my outfit, which is key. Um, so,
1: um, I do too. Nice dress. Ah, well thank done. you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, and so, I, I hope to be able to, yeah, to go home and, and spend some time with her and, yeah, just lap it up while I can.
1: Do, will it mean anything particularly big to her?
0: I don't know. She's pretty competitive for a four and a three-quarter year old, so it may actually mean something to her if we, um, if I get the opportunity to show her perhaps the the video footage of the day um, and people's reactions. I think that that would that would resonate with her. She might be a bit jealous, though, that she wasn't actually in the room. So I'll have to see how that goes. <laughs>
1: I think it runs in the family, hey, the competitiveness and <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um for those people that don't know, t- could you just explain quickly before we end um well not even quickly but why she does inspire you to do all this?
0: So um Stevie is uh in the Western sense, she's my niece, but in my culture, she is my daughter. So my my sister's children are my children. So I call her Bibi and she calls me Bibi. And so that means I'm her mother, I'm her second mother. So there's a much closer relationship um, than perhaps might exist in other cultures, though I couldn't tell you that for sure. And so it's important to me to support her, fuel this little brain, you know, um, maintain her enthusiasm for learning and ensure that she has the access and opportunities that she deserves and little kids like her deserve. And right now, that's not the case. So she is an inspiration to me, her tenacity, her attitude, her intellect is amazing but also her willingness just to give everything a go and I think that that's something that we as adults kind of you know forget so um she is an inspiration to me but she's also part of the driving force to succeed for you know all the little people out there like her
1: well Cara thank you so much for taking the time to Uh, speak with us again on life on the land and congratulations i hope you now get a little bit of time to enjoy what's just happened and so looking forward to following your progress over the the years ahead
0: thank you thank you for having me
1: It was so hard to have your bets on anyone who would win this AgriFutures Rural Women's Award this year. All the candidates were were so, so wonderful. But I am so glad that Kara was chosen as this year's uh, winner. You should look up her website to learn more about Saltwater Country. The potential for cut-through really does seem so much more achievable with Cara at the helm. And here's to hoping that as she said this model can be rolled out in other similar communities right across australia really soon congratulations also to this year's runner-up chrisita canes of pecora dairy in robinson in new south wales in the southern highlands for her project dairy cocoon you can check it out at dairy cocoon on instagram and of course to the other finalists all brilliant rural women doing clever things and having the courage to put themselves out there and lead in their own ways. Rural mental health advocate Kelly Barnes from Victoria, horticultural expert from Tassie, Karen Brock, from Claremont in Queensland, Alicia Parker, who is a business woman and a livestock marketer for cattle sales.com rural psychologist stephanie schmidt from borough in south australia and marine biologist and sustainable aquaculture ag- advocate amy kirk from darwin in the northern territory thank you very much to agrifutures australia for allowing this interview with cara to happen and thank you for tuning in if you want to share this fabulous news and this in-depth interview with cara with anybody who you think might be interested we would love that we'll be back on monday with another life on the land story